Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. This is such a fun situation. I feel like I've just been stuck at home, just doom scrolling on my phone the last three years, and I finally get out of there. And I'm in Italy, and she just told me that I have to stay in my room the whole time. They're both psycho. Like, the job is a joke. Then quit. She's a she's a mess. She's a miserable mess. If I had a half a billion dollars, I would not be miserable. I would be enjoying my life. It's so unfair, and I'm so tired. I want to get thrown around by some hot Italian guy, and now I'm just going to be sitting in my room eating pasta. The menu's all pasta. I'm be so bloated. This sucks. Well, it's Italy. What do you expect? Uh, That's the second season of uh, The White Lotus. The first two episodes already available on uh, Now TV or Sky TV. The rest of the season are going to arrive uh, weekly. Rory Cashin, entertainment editor for Joe.ie, joins us once again. So, Rory, does this... What kind of link does this have with the previous season of uh, of White Lotus? So there's three kind of links between. The first is that they're both set in the White Lotus hotels. Mm. The previous one was in Hawaii. This one is in Sicily. It's a five-star, ultra-rich resort. The second is the only uh, carryover character is played by Jennifer Coolidge, who was tremendous in the first season. She won every acting award available to her. And in this, she's given even more to do and is made even more unlikable, which is lovely balanced because Jennifer Coolidge herself is such a lovely, likable actress anyway. Mm. And the third is it's based around another, I don't want to say murder mystery, but we'll we'll say death mystery because the first one kicked off with uh, a mysterious body in a coffin. Uh, that people were all talking about and then we flashed back a week and we don't know who was in the box and we don't know how they got there. We don't know who put them there. This one kicks off with, we're told, there's a number of dead bodies around the resort. We don't know how they died, if they were murdered or if they were murdered, who the murderers might be. So again, it's another really like scalpel sharp, really dark takedown on the ultra rich all set around a murder mystery with another tremendous cast. So they're they're the links between the two right, seasons. Right, okay, yeah. And and but but also the if the funny thing about the the first season of the White Lotus is that at times it was surprisingly sympathetic that some of these spoiled rich kids Yeah you know, there were moments where you go, Okay yeah. yeah, like the the son of the yeah, of the, the couple the person instance, yeah. you, you see him kind of blossoming into the person He's supposed to be, but I think that's because he's spending less and less time with his super rich, <laughs> spoiled parents. And it's the same with this. You hear there, uh, the the lady complaining is the personal assistant to Jennifer Coolidge. And she essentially has been told, you have to stay in your room because I'm on a romantic holiday with my husband. And if I need you, then I'll call you. Otherwise, stick in your room and just eat room service from, from this beautiful resort. And rightly... She uh, did not sign on for that kind of trip. She thought she was going to have more fun around Italy. So any fun she does has has to be kind of under the shadow of night whenever she thinks Jennifer Coolidge isn't around watching. But that's just one of the the many threads that kind of cross over because you got Aubrey Plaza and Theo James and uh, Michael Imperioli from, from The Sopranos. Oh. F. Murray Abram, who's just another tremendous actor and steals every scene that he's in. So yeah, it's just all these tremendous uh, character actors given fantastic roles to, to play around in and because everyone's on holiday and because everyone is in Italy and Italy is beautiful everyone is uh, prone to extramarital activities and you can see the beginnings of the end of so many of the relationships which just makes it all the more funny and entertaining when people think because they're rich they're kind of above all that 
but yeah. it shows that they're very much now. And did did do, do, do the hotel staff feature in this as well? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was it Murray Bartlett was the yeah. the concierge for the first one, and there's a, there's an Italian actress I can't remember the name at the top of my head, but she is his replacement, I guess, for this hotel, and she's the most tightly wound, highly strong character on television at the moment and at, like it's one of those there's a thread out of place you're all fired get out of here uh, and she just nails the comedy tone of it it's, you, you can every character you're like I've met someone exactly like that obviously this is it ramped up to 11 mm. but they're all based in some kind of realism and it, the, the show doesn't really take sides on saying who's the worst out of the lot I think everyone <laughs> yes. everyone watching this is going to go my personal worst is blah 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 and that's where the fun comes out of it because everyone is terrible in their own way but some people will take a particular dislike to some more than others. Yeah, it was always interesting you kind of always had some sort of glimpse as to why they were so terrible and everybody seemed on on, on, on the point of unravelling all the time. And it, oh. Yeah, like it's it's funny that way because you do see it's, it, it's something that I've noticed uh, high-end television and cinema is tackling a lot lately is this kind of eat the rich ideal where it's mm. as you see it's really putting people who are on a pedestal because of how much money they, they have and how much uh, societal power they perceive to be to have and just tearing them down. It's just you you've been made rotten to your own core by the money and the power you think that you, you possess and and you think that just makes you better than everyone else and you can speak to anyone around you any way that you like and all your actions have no consequences. And this show shows you that when you put people who all think none of their actions have any consequences and then have actions amongst themselves, the consequences are even bigger because mm. everyone expects to just be the top, be be the most important person in the room. So when you've got a room filled with people who think they're the most important mm. person in the room, it doesn't go well. It, that is interesting. There's probably a wider societal conversation about this. These kind of series, are they uh, are, are they uh, the, the start of a ferment against the rich or a sop to keep us all happy? Uh, going, oh, look, we're sticking it to the rich you know, on television. So uh, the rich continue being rich and nothing really changes. I'd say, yeah, like I think it's it's fun just to see rich people act the fool. Like it, in oh, some yeah. ways it's, it's done really well. You've got succession where you see people who are richer than rich can possibly be and they're they're all behaving terribly, and you see the tremendous after effects of every tiny uh, impact and every tiny decision they make can ruin lives and and ruin careers and and so like it just it's so funny just to step back and go okay we can see now how much of this is is just taking down a, a part of society that I think the world is kind of a little bit fed up with the recent Anne Hathaway Jared Leto. Uh, series that was about we work we crashed mm, yeah. again it was the same you see these it's the ultra rich and you're just like oof you're like yeah, this is poisoning interesting, interesting trend alright right we'll move on to our second show of the day it is Reboot the first episodes are available now on Disney Plus here's a clip so my team tells me you've done some really original stuff in the indie space uh, thank you I try well we're definitely on the lookout for breakthrough shows the edgier the better so, what do you got? I want to reboot the old sitcom Step Right Up. <laughs> Are you serious? Dead serious. And I want to do it with the original cast. Why do you want to do something so traditional? Uh, yeah. Um, I, God, it's hard to explain. Okay, you know how in the old sitcom, the characters always did the right thing? Mm-hmm. They don't do the right thing anymore. Uh. You know, like I f*** with it, but in a fun way. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, it might be too edgy for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to the guy who uh, greenlit the fifth season of Handmaid's Tale. So brave, so brave. <laughs> so edgy, oh my gosh, so edgy. Right, uh, reboot. The, and, and this guy, Stephen uh, Levishan, is that how you say his name? Yeah, that's a good guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know, but... Like, he's the fellow who made Modern Family. Has he made many other things? Not to my knowledge. He probably, like, your listeners would probably flood the lines. I don't yeah. know. He actually made this huge thing. But Modern Family was his biggest CV entry to date. And I think, it, in my opinion, it gets overlooked a little bit as one of the better yeah, sitcoms yeah. of recent years. It's very sharp writing, very um, ahead of the curve in terms of some of the, the topics it was it was dealing with that, like, a lot of sitcoms just didn't touch at the time. And this is his new one, and it has swearing. You heard some of it there. And it has much more adult themes. So it feels like the the safety wheels have been taken off a bit, and that's great because the the concept of this is very... It's obviously very meta. It's making a sitcom about making a reboot to a sitcom. And the sitcom, Step Right Up, is it's basically Two and a Half Men. It's basically Friends. It's basically all of those early naughty sitcoms that were mm. huge. That you know, looking that back, were maybe slightly saccharine and never scared you. Yeah, yeah, looking back now, you'd be like, "Why did we love all those mm. so much?" But you know, they were popular in the time. And this is the, the a writer comes in, Rachel Bloom, who's fantastic. She was in uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. She wants to reboot it and give it an edgy, an edgy feel. And mm. she ends up clashing with the original show's creator, who's played by the legendary Paul Reiser, who happens to be her dad. And who happens to have based ah. the original sitcom on their actual family. And she's not happy about that at all. So it brings in the original cast, who's Keegan-Michael Keel, uh, Johnny Knoxville, and Judy Greer, who steals every microsecond of air that she's on. She, she's she been tremendous for as long as I've been aware of her, but this is putting her on in the spotlight that she's deserved for decades now. And it is... There's a line in the first episode where someone's talking about the script that they're reading for the show, and it's like, it's the funniest thing you'll ever watch without laughing out loud once. And I, watching <laughs> watching Reboot, was like, they've just described their own show. Yeah. Because it, it make your brain is laughing, but you out loud will not, like, lol once. But for the whole time, you'll have to smirk on, this is really funny. Yeah. This is very, very funny. And that's, that's the best pitch I can give. I, th- I thought, from the two episodes that are on Disney Plus so far, it is so, so adult- so uh, so aware of itself, so uh, breaking the the traditions of a sitcom while also adhering to the at the end of every episode. There's a lovely message that we've learned, but we've learned it in, a, in an X-rated, R-rated kind of way. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's just tremendous, and everyone in it is just bringing their A game. I, it's one of those shows that if it does get cancelled after the first season because not enough people are watching it. It will be a kick to the stomach because it is very, very funny and does deserve to get as many seasons as Friends and Two and a Half Men and all those shows did. Mm. Do, are there people speaking to the camera the way, where there is a modern family or are we just looking at... No, no, it's, it's all it just regular kind of Friends camera setup stuff. Yeah, and ha, um, how long are the episodes? Half an hour. Half an hour, which is, you know... Perfect. Always a, yeah, always a winner. Yeah, yeah. Like um, the first two that are up now, knock them out in an hour, I'm like, guarantee you, but like, right, that's on my... Schedule yeah. every week, and and the actual reboot of this series. Do you see that being filmed? And is that like your traditional, you know, set in front of an audience kind of thing? You see, kind of every single aspect of what goes into making a sitcom. So, even if you weren't aware that they might have stand-up comedians in the audience that kind of get the audience giggling and laughing, ready to laugh once the actual actual famous people are out on stage, you see all that, all the prep behind it, and you see like the constant back and forth between. 
tiny jokes that some people think are funny and some people think aren't funny in the generational divide of what was funny in the early noughties to compare to what is funny now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot there's a lot going on, but it never, ever, ever forgets to be very, very funny. Okay. All right. That does sound very, very promising indeed. Right. Our final show is The Crown Season 5. Uh, all uh, are, is arriving on Netflix on Wednesday. Here's a clip. For years, I've called for a more modern monarchy that reflects the world outside. I don't think it's my behaviour that's threatening its survival. You, as future king, have a duty. People will never understand how it's really been for me. I never stood a chance. There you go. Uh, which one is saying uh, for years they've been looking for a more modern monarchy that reflects the world outside? That's Prince Charles. Yeah, uh, I would have thought if it reflected the world outside and you dismantle the monarchy immediately uh, and tell them to go and go get a job. Yeah, like he, in this he's, he's portrayed by Dominic Cooper and I know over previous seasons there have been some chin-stroking about casting uh, particularly, let's say, handsome people in roles <laughs> and I'm going to uh, there's I watched this I watched some of this with my mother and uh, the guttural reaction of seeing Dominic Cooper play Prince Charles was hilarious like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> so first of all prepare yourself for that because there is a bit of a, a dissonance between reality and the actors that they've heard to play having said that on the flip side Elizabeth Debicki as Princess Diana, it cannot get any better. Mm. Like, you cannot get a better portrayal. It is eerily spot on, and she is tremendous in the role, because obviously, uh, every few seasons, we get a, a cast redo. So it was Olivia Coleman, I think, was last time. Yeah. Uh, this time, it's Imelda Staunton as the Queen. Um, Jonathan Price has taken over as Prince Philip. Uh, Dominic Cooper and Elizabeth Debicki, we mentioned... Leslie Manville, who's tremendous. She was in The Phantom Tread. Amazing actress. She's, Prince, she's Princess Margaret. And uh, a few other cast have been re-upped for this and season six, which I think is coming next year and will be the final season of The Crown. This season focuses on the end of the marriage between Diana and Charles. Uh, and the centrepiece is the interview between Diana and Martin Bashir. Oh, right. Okay. Uh and last season, I don't know, were you watching The Crown much? No. no. So last season, it really hammered home that Prince Charles was basically the villain. Um, this, it, it shows him more in a more pos- little bit more positive light in that he, it shows off that he had such a, a lot of charity work that he did. And he, he really did, according to this show, uh, envision the monarchy in, in a different light, in a, in a more relatable light, mm. maybe. Uh, and instead, the villainy has now been passed on to Martin Bashir. It, it like it is proper soap opera boo hiss stuff that they put into his character, and anyone who knows anything about an interview, you realise it's actually all it's all true. Yeah, like it, he, it, he, the BBC had to publicly apologise for that interview, and when you see behind the scenes everything that went into it to land it, you're just it's jaw dropping. Like there are moments in this season that are really like it's proper high end drama. You can't get any better. Having said that. First three episodes are a bit of a slog. Overall, it probably is the worst of the five seasons so far. You can tell everyone watching it is waiting to get to the end of the Prince and Diana story. You know that's that's where this is all going. And it's not this season. 
Yeah. So they're and dragging it yeah, out a bit. Given that a lot of this stuff now is within living memory for yeah. people, do they, you know, do you get a sense it's more cautious and perhaps a bit more deferential towards the royal family? Uh, I don't think so. Like, there's they, they don't paint the Queen in, in a particularly positive light at all. Uh, we have Johnny Lee Miller, another interesting casting choice. He's playing um, John Major. Uh, like it's just uh, Tony Blair appears in, the, it's in towards the end of this season as well. So it is. It's very like oh, this isn't. I ha- this isn't. Oh, I've just read about this. This is. Mm. I'm, I was a- alive for this. Yeah. So it is. It, it will be curious to see how much of the background information people were aware of, despite the fact that they were aware of the the end results of everything that's happening. Uh, but it'll all come down to how they tackle the end of the Diana story next season, because that's where you have to be very careful, because it it, it, it it doesn't get any more controversial than how, unfortunately, her story ended. Absolutely. Plus, also, it's review-proof, I think, at this stage. People are going to oh, watch yeah. it, who, who absolutely love it. Uh, Rory, thanks a million. As ever, Rory Cashin there from Joe.ie. What we were talking about was The Crown. All of, uh, season 5 arrives on Netflix on Wednesday. The White Lotus, the first two episodes of that are on Now TV or Sky TV. And Reboot, uh, first two episodes of that are now available on Disney+. Plus. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.